0: God's people on today's show we engage in a conversation of life and faith with art director and choreographer of ballet 58 juliana slager out of chicago illinois you can find out more about their company by visiting ballet58.org or follow juliana on instagram at juliana slager we go in depth about her life growing up as a ballet and then how she grew to become a business owner and wife of a pastor. But before that, we talk about being a blessing blocker. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the inspiration. Now in session, inspire God's people. Inspire God's people. The podcast. Goodbye. 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 My wife thinks I'm crazy. How did we get here? And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's people, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Don't be a blessing blocker. All right. So look, um, I was listening back at episode sixty six today, and no, I don't just randomly listen back to my own podcast. Please don't judge me. Someone had DM'd me and asked me if I was a preacher, and I was like, well, I guess I. Like, I'm just weird like that. I don't like use the word preacher in reference to myself. But yes, I do have a bunch of sermons and I have preached. So I guess I am a preacher. Anyway, they were asking and I like, do you have some sermons I can hear? And I was like, you know what? It's a couple of my podcast episodes where I've shared actual sermons, like of places that I've gone and preached. Episode 66, a biblical love story, Ruth and Boaz. If you haven't heard it. You should really go back and check that out. Um, but that was really—I think that was the last time I've—I've I've preached because of COVID. I haven't been anywhere. Um, I was listening to that, and I'm just gonna reference that. Like as I was listening to it, I was like, "Man, sometimes we block our own blessings trying to block other people's blessings." And the reason this hit me is because the relationship between Naomi and Ruth is so intriguing to me. Because you have, you know, just, I'm paraphrasing right now, but you have this situation where Ruth didn't have to stay loyal to Naomi. She could have left her because the other daughter-in-law, Orpa, left her. They had lost everything. Um, their husbands, all that, you know, Naomi's sons. And Ruth decided to stay with Naomi. And what I love about the loyalty of their relationship is that it was actually a blessing to both of them. The reason I'm bringing this up, so we, I know this show is about faith and business, so let, let's think of it this way. From a business perspective, and I'm speaking from experience, one of the absolute toughest things, it, well, at least in my, in my situation, maybe you have had much, a much better experience than me. But it's really hard to find like-minded business people, especially in the beginning, especially when it's like the blessings aren't there yet. Um, Success is not necessarily just inevitable or for sure. It's a faith walk. You got to figure it out together. Sometimes it's really hard to find people that will be loyal to you when you don't have anything to offer them. Then in return, there are, some of the, sometimes those are the same people who become blessing blockers, you know what I'm saying? And they try to, like, block whatever God is doing with you, whether it be, you know, people who are jealous or people who have negative things to say about you behind your back as soon as they see you moving up or God doing something. And I think what we don't realize sometimes and in, in the reason why we have to be careful, we're feeling like, God, why are you blessing them and not blessing me? It's because, like, and again, I'm paraphrasing, but I love the scripture that says, you know, mourn with those who mourn, rejoice with those who rejoice. And the reason I like that and I think about that often is because I'm striving, really striving, as flawed as I am. My goal is to be a person that is able to rejoice with other people, even if, even if I'm not where they are. Like, even if it's like, man, like, you know, I have goals to go somewhere or I want this. I want that. It's like, no, you have to like rejoice with those who rejoice. You know what I'm saying? Don't be a blessing blocker. Like, because when you think about it, a lot of times you only trying to block their blessing because you don't want them to surpass you. Or you want to get it first. And then let's look at the flip side of that. If you get the blessing first, you don't want somebody to block you. You know what I'm saying? Then you looking like, hey, why you hating on me? I'm just trying to, like, so what's my point? Like, in business, and I'm kind of relating it to business, it's like, don't be mad at the next person for God blessing them with a job promotion or God blessing their business with a grant or a new building. Let's celebrate each other. A lot of us are uh, Christian influencers and entrepreneurs and professionals who listen to this show. And I'm seeing people, by the way, I see y'all out there, guys, people. I see you. It's so many of the listeners of this show that I'm seeing start new businesses. Um, I'm supporting those businesses as I can. Like, you know, sometimes I support so many Christian businesses. Sometimes it's like, all right, hold on, now. I got it. I can't, you know, wait a minute. I need to save some money. So I'm supporting y'all. I see y'all. But my point overall is I also celebrate y'all. So we all got to lift each other up as Christian business people and professionals. Um, But then also, as we build like business relationships, we can't allow ourselves to just judge people based on where they are. And here's what I mean by this. Let's say if you pulled up in a Ferrari. Like, we all are going to like you just because you're in a Ferrari. Like, because what we see is success. We see, like, so it's easy to be loyal to someone who's already successful because in your mind, you're thinking, I want a piece of that success. It's not the person you're loyal to. But if that person pulls up, like, I love this picture. There's a picture of Jeff Jeff Bezos, the guy who, I'm the CEO of Amazon, which I know Amazon does some crazy things as a company. So that, you know, we're just talking about the principle here. But Jeff Bezos, there's this picture of him with like Amazon written on a little banner in a small office when he was broke and just starting. And then you fast forward, now he's the richest guy in the world. So what's my point? Or at least he's one of them. Like, I could be mistaken on what number he fought. You know, when people are so rich, number one, number two, does it really matter? It doesn't. My whole point is that imagine the payoff of someone who would have partnered with Jeff Bezos back then and saw him back then and saw something in his business. That's the person that's really, really blessed. It's not that hard to see something in Jeff Bezos when one share of stock for Amazon is over $3,000. Like, okay, we all see it now. What's my point? What are you talking about, Jermaine? I don't get it. What, what, What does this have to do with anything? Hurry up and get to the interview. Please stop talking. I got you. My point is, when I look at the Bible, and I look at the relationship between Ruth and Naomi, I see these elements of loyalty, of faith, of trust, and just humility and the ability not to judge someone based on where they are, but to judge them based on the content of their character. Isn't that what we all want at the end of the day? I don't want you, like, to judge me based on how many listens does this show get a week or a month? Um, you know, has the show gone viral? How many reviews does it have on uh, iTunes and Apple Podcasts? Right. I would rather you judge this show based on the substance of what I'm doing and be like, you know what? I can rock with that. I can be a listener of that show. I can be a supporter of that show based on what it stands for. Because guess what? When you see the success, it doesn't mean as much because everyone sees it then and that's all everyone wants. But it feels really good to be appreciated when no one can see behind the curtain. It feels good when people appreciate or support you and there's nothing really to gain other than just the the blessing of the content in which you share or if people don't even necessarily know if there's something more to gain or not. Don't be a blessing blocker. God has way more than enough blessings to bless you and your neighbor and the person around the corner and the next guy and the next girl. Like he has enough. And that's the amazing thing about serving God is that he's not going to run out. (laughs) When you think about it, it's like, I don't have to block your blessings because God has more than enough for me too. And let's be real about this. He may not wanna bless me the way He wants to bless you. He may have a different vision or a different goal for me than He did you. I oftentimes I think about like the Bible and how God had a plan for Moses that looked really different than the plan He had for Noah, that looked extremely different than the plan He had for Jonah. That looked very different from the plan he had for Ruth and Naomi and Boaz. And so, let me me go to, um, I'm going to just read a quick part. Uh, Let's see where I want to go. Ruth chapter 4. Let's start at verse 13. All right, and I'm reading from the New Living Translation. If you want to, you know, follow along with exactly what I'm reading. Verse 13 says this. So Boaz took Ruth into his home and she became his wife. When he slept with her, the Lord enabled her to become pregnant and she gave birth to a son. 14. Then the women of the town said to Naomi, Praise the Lord, who has now provided a redeemer for your family. May this child be famous in Israel. 15. May he restore your youth and care for you in your old age for he is the son of your daughter-in-law who loves you and has been better to you than seven sons. All right, now I want you to think about this. You have this situation where this daughter-in-law has been better to her mother-in-law than seven sons, and you have to go back to the beginning to really understand why. When they lost it all, when Naomi's sons had passed, And, like, they lost everything. Orpah, the other daughter-in-law, goes her own way. Ruth insists on going with Naomi back to Moab. She even had this line. You got to go back and read the whole thing. Or just listen to episode 66. I go into the detail of all this stuff. But she had this line earlier in the chapter where Ruth was like, no, I'm going to live where you live. I'm going to serve your God. Right? So... Ruth was even aligning with the Lord by following Naomi, right? But she stays with her, they go back to Moab, and I like something. Because you got to realize, even though Naomi lost her son, Ruth lost her husband. And when they got to Moab, Naomi started instructing Ruth on what to do. Like, hey, you need to do A, B, and C, blah, 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 blah. You got to go back and read it. My point is, something stuck out to me. What if Naomi would have gotten jealous when she saw that God was going to bless Ruth to get another husband in Boaz? And Naomi could have been like, well, I've lost everything. Like, I don't have nothing left. Why would I want to see her get blessed? And and she gets, so she gets the husband, but I don't get the son, right? I don't get my son back. What if she would have started blocking blessings? And not not giving uh, Ruth the game, like, ah, she was schooling Ruth on, what the hey, this is how you mm, do this, he going to do this, like, Naomi knew what was up. My point is, sometimes we don't see how God is going to use someone else to bless us, how God is going to leverage the relationship and the equity we've built with the person to actually uplift us. So we got to be careful not to block their blessings. Because you could also be blocking your own blessing. Now, I think the deeper key to all this is, you know, do I have the right friendships? Am I building the right relationships? Do I have the right people around me? And that's a whole nother podcast. We have to get into that at a later date. But I want to go back down and read, let's see, verse 16. Naomi took the baby and cuddled him to her breast and she cared for him as if he were her own. Verse 17, the neighbor women said, now at last, Naomi has a son again, and they named him Obit. He became the father of Jesse and the grandfather of David. The part that sticks out to me was they noticed Naomi has a son again. So Ruth is blessed, new husband, has a son, right? Obit, Then. Naomi is now blessed because it was like, even it's her grandson. So God had blessed her with another son. So she got something out of it. Then we all get something out of it because without Obed, who's the father of Jesse, who is the father of David, we know that Jesus comes from the lineage of David. So at the end of the day, like had Naomi been blocked, Ruth's blessing, she would have blocked her own blessing. She would have blocked David's blessing, Jesse's blessing, tried to block the lineage of Jesus, which I could argue that Jesus would have just, you know, something else would have happened. He was going to come anyway. But my point is, look at that. From one person's loyalty, from one person's obedience and willingness to stick by someone's side, from another person in Naomi, her willingness To actually sacrifice and teach a younger woman the right thing to do, all of these other blessings come from it. I want you to think about something. How many blessings are attached to your obedience? How many blessings are attached to your purpose? Like somebody's life depends on it. Someone needs to be born, right? So you need to marry the right husband, marry the right wife. You need to be. Like, my point about all this is that I'm learning for myself, like, your decisions are so important because there's so much attached to it. And I didn't always think like this. Trust me. Like, this this came with time and maturity. Like, I'm not any different than anyone else. I don't want to be put on a pedestal. I'm human. But what I'm learning is, like, as human as I am, that's not an excuse to make bad decisions. Now, am I perfect? Do I always make the right decision? No. But my, my point is, I don't want to be a blessing blocker. I don't want to decide to be a hater. I don't want to decide to be negative when God is blessing someone else. Because I don't know what he what is attached to, to me. And not just because of that, but you get what I'm saying? But the other thing is like, who am I deciding to follow? Who do I decide to be loyal to? Because Ruth had made a good decision and it has so many good things attached to it. But if we being honest, some of us make the bad decision and we can almost backtrack some of the things that are happening in our lives that are not good and we can backtrack it back to when we follow one person. It's like, ah, you knew that you knew that wasn't the route to go. You knew that friendship, that relationship wasn't the route to go. But you kept ignoring what God really wanted you to do. And it comes with so much baggage, man. That's really what I want you to take from this. Is that there's so much baggage with every decision. Now, do you want cheap baggage that's breaking, like luggage that's breaking and you could the handle don't work? Or you want some nice quality luggage. I want some good things to follow me. Like, I want to carry some nice bags through the airport. You know what I'm saying? Because I've experienced having a bag that didn't work. The, like, I had this one piece of luggage and the whole, like, the handle. You know how you just pull the handle up? whole handle just came up. I'm like, okay, Lord, I got to carry this piece of luggage like a book bag through the airport. So I'm walking around with a with a piece of luggage like it's a book bag. That's not good baggage. <laughs> I know we could argue that baggage in general ain't good, but we all have it. You're gonna have some baggage if something's gonna be coming along with you, it might as well be some good stuff anyway, man. hopefully that blessed you. I just had to share that because I'm like, you know, bro, I don't want to be a blessing blocker i'm I'm showing love to everybody that God is blessing if you out there and you doing amazing things, I'm praying that God continues to take you further in your purpose, and I'm praying that you're able to be focused on Christ and and that purpose and not everything that's happening around you, it's a struggle, man. It's a struggle, man. It's a struggle, man. Guys, people, it's time for the J. Will Music Song of the Day. And this song is a special one for me. It features my younger brother, Darius James. That is my blood brother. What up, DJ? You got to check out his music, too. All you got to do is search Darius James. He has an album that came out entitled We Want Your Glory. And then he backed it up with a live version called We Want Your Glory Live. But this song, we came in the studio, and we created it, and the entire idea was, look, I've been through some ups and downs in my life. I've been broke. I've had a couple dollars, maybe one or two. But one thing I know, one thing I know is that God is good, regardless of everything else that's going on around me. Let's go. Let's go. Let's
1: go. Oh, you are good, good, good. Oh, you are good, good, good. Didn't even have it together. So I was broken, you took my broken pieces. Oh, how I love you, Jesus. You were good to me when I was singing in my room. You're still good to me now that I'm the world. And if you take it away. Good, good yeah. Oh, you are good, good, good If I'm rich or poor I still love you, Lord One thing I know That he is good If I'm weak or strong I still sing this song One thing I know
0: That he is good do all things through Christ. When I say it, I mean it. I've been blessed and stressed. I know the feeling of being denied for a loan. Cause your credit is too low. The situation is twofold. On one end, we fail, Looked my wife in the eyes and told her it'll never happen again. The other end, we win. Looked my wife in the eyes and told her God is still good in the is. God is still good on the bus. God is still good in the bins. God is still good when the bills do. When nobody feels you and all of your friends. Start to doubt faith, turn about face, leave the faith. But you believe the faith, you really need the faith. That's the one thing I know. If I'm rich, or boy, I still
1: love you, Lord. One thing I know that He is good. If I'm weak or strong, I still sing this song. One thing I know that He is good. If I'm rich, oh boy.
0: He is Christ leading the way, It's nothing I can't do It's not cockiness, I'm confident in this competence Really it's no competition H&R Block can't account for this Ain't no selling out, there's no amount for this From prayed for to prayed on if you're not content Be careful trying to climb where the mountain is And just know that your will don't amount to his Say
1: good, good, good Alright Good, good, good Say good, good, good Good, good,
0: good, hey, good. Mm. Now you know I can't do that. Oh, no. Whatever, man.
1: You are good.
0: You just heard One Thing I Know by yours truly, J Will Music, featuring my younger brother, Darius James. That song can be found on my project that released in 2019. It has the same title of this podcast: Inspire God's People. Look, if you like my music, all you have to do is go on your Apple Music or Spotify or wherever you listen to music. We on Amazon, we everywhere. Just type in J-W-I-L-M-U-S-I-C. And you're gonna see all my music. But now it's time to let me interview you. Here's what we going you to talk to me and I'm gonna talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we gon' be talking purpose. Guys, people, I am excited today. Uh, we have a great guest on um, actually I'm saying she's great by faith, because I've only seen her through Instagram. Uh, but I love what she's doing. We have the artistic director and choreography, choreographer of Ballet 5.8. She's also a wife mother, storyteller, and dreamer. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Juliana Slager to the show. How you doing, Juliana?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you so much, Jermaine, for having me on the show.
0: Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to sit and talk to me. Um, first of all, let me tell you like why I reached out. First, my wife, um, her background is in dance, so she's been Involved in dance ministry, probably for the last she's kind of on a break now the last couple of years. But maybe she spent, you know, 10 out of the last 12 years um, in dance ministry um, at church and just at a dance company uh, here in Detroit. Um, so that was kind of the first thing that stood out. And then as I kind of look through your bio and all the things you guys do, just the way you guys marry dance and faith, I'm super intrigued about and we'll get to that. But first if we could just maybe take a couple of minutes to learn about you Juliana um maybe your journey through life and faith and maybe you could start at like who you were in high school. Can we go back that far? I don't know how far that is for you. It may have just have been last year. I don't know. But <laughs>
2: <whatever>. <laughs> you're very kind. Yeah, it was a little more than a year ago, but we won't get into that. Right, right. Uh but but yeah, no. Um that's such a good question because it really it really all began about then. Um, you know, when I was really little, as a little kid, I loved to dance. And so my parents put me in ballet lessons, um, kind of your typical, you know, just hyperactive little kid that that gets put into a sport. Um, mm-hmm. But then as I began to grow and develop, I really started to love ballet. And I started to get into it more seriously. Um, and I started training um, five, six days a week. So when you're wow. in ballet, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like gymnastics or um, kind of the Olympic sports where you see the athletes that peak at like 19, 20 years old, right? So by the time you're 12, you're heavily invested in it. So that was my upbringing. Um, I was dancing, lots of long hours and sitting in schoolwork. And, um, you know, I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Um, But I would say that at that time, my faith was a little bit more of um, just kind of a cultural thing. I grew up in a Christian home. My parents are are great people and they taught me about the Lord. Um, But I don't think my faith was very real to me at that point. And so as I was, yeah, well, yeah. And you know how it is. Many young people, you kind of have to figure out who you are before you can fully understand, um, how much God has really done for you. And so I think I was at that point where I was trying to figure out who was I and what was my path and if I was going to, um, pursue dance or not. And so my faith was a little bit of a footnote.
0: No, that makes Um, sense. Go ahead. Yeah.
2: And as I was, no, you're great. As I was um, kind of on this journey of dance, um, I actually ended up with a very serious eating disorder. And so without getting too far into that, that was a major wake-up call for me, um, just recognizing that I had really given myself over to ballet, and that was kind of my full focus, um, but it was not healthy, right? I began to idolize dance in a pretty serious way. Yeah. Um, and I- so –
0: Okay, I, I think just really quick, I think that is such a an important kind of point to highlight. Like you said, and it doesn't even need to be like gone into to highlight the fact that, like you said, you started off very young in dance. And I'm sure, right, there's a bunch of great things that can be taken from that. But just like anything, right, for those of us who, for me, sometimes I have to be careful not to get too caught up in my career and things. And, you know, you're busy and meetings and traveling and there's a lot of good that comes out of that. But then at the same time, there are things that we always have to kind of look at our blind spots Um, because we all have them. We're human. Um, So, you know, shout out to you for at least at some point after going through that, realizing that that was an issue and something that you, you know, needed to be a wake up call. Because I think a lot of time the Lord allowed you know, things happen in our lives that should be wake up calls. And a lot of times we overlook them. So it's always a blessing when you can actually acknowledge a wake up call as just that.
2: Yeah. No, I love that. That's such a good point because you're right. It can be so easy to just get caught up in life and doing things that are good and, and helpful even, but they're not, not the best thing when it's not centered on Christ. So I, I totally resonate with what you're saying. Um, yeah. And so that's where I found myself as about a 17 year old. Um, I was kind of recovering from an eating disorder and going through therapy um, and trying to decide, okay, am I still going to dance? Because dance at that point was bittersweet, as you can imagine. Yeah. Um, but then I really felt like like God had a plan for dance and, and that's when I started to get into the word more and started to take my faith more seriously and started to understand God on a personal level. And so as I as I was searching, kind of soul searching of what to do next, um I found a ballet company called Ballet Magnificat down in Jackson, Mississippi. Um, and it's wow. founded by Kathy and Keith Thibodeau. Yeah. And it's kind of the the flagship, if you will, of dance from a Christian perspective. And so I got really excited. I just kind of found it on Google. And I was like, okay, like, here's other Christians doing ballet. And maybe this is a place that can be a good fit.
0: No, I'm assuming Um, you were nowhere near Mississippi at the time.
2: Yeah, that's such a good question. I grew up in Michigan. So yeah, like oh, total sweet. opposite ends of the U.S. Yep, okay. way up here in the north. And yeah, they're based out of Jackson, Mississippi. Um, so yeah, so I moved there when I was 17 and started getting um, involved with their ministry and, and started dancing for them full time. Um, and that was just a really sweet time of kind of learning who I was in Christ and re- reinventing my identity um, based in Christ rather than based in dance.
0: And so this was the beginning that was that the beginning, right. Of you marrying kind of, that was the start for you of like a Christian path of dance, like of like finding your faith in dance. Okay. That's super cool because like, just the fact, I don't know, I'm intrigued by like the smallest things. So forgive me, but just the fact that a Google search could have you moving to Mississippi from Michigan, where I'm located, by the way. But like that, that alone is just cool to me. Like that, kind of shows me like every little thing we do matters and can impact our lives. So like, whatever is like, be careful what you search on Google because you could be moving to the right place in Mississippi like you, or you could be, it can lead you the wrong way. So I I don't know. That's just an interesting thing. So you find yourself down in Mississippi for a few years and you know, how do you end up coming back up North or what brings you back this way? You know, just kind of share um, how maybe that experience shaped you. Um and maybe I'm assuming developed you for whatever the next chapter of your life was.
2: Yeah, such good questions. Um so all during this time um I was dating a very handsome young man who is now my husband. We've been married <laughs> for 10 years now and have three kids. Congratulations. Um, but anyway, <laughs> thank you. Um but at the time, yeah, we were just dating and and it was long distance and back then it was like, you know, we didn't have um, we still had email and that sort of thing, but we didn't have all of the FaceTime and all of that hadn't come out yet. So we were, yep. We were on AOL instant messenger. (laughs) So very romantic, (laughs) uh, chatting away. Um, yeah. And so he proposed to me and that was what moved me back up north because I was pretty, you know, set on staying in Jackson unless the relationship worked out. And since it did, I had to kind of make that decision to, to follow that to the next chapter. And so I moved up here to Chicago. Um, My husband, Jeremy, is a graduate of Moody Bible Institute. Oh, nice. So he's current. Yeah. So in, in this kind of timeline, he was currently a student there. And that's why I ended up in the Chicago area. Makes sense. Yeah. And so I moved up here and started getting plugged in and finding uh, a dance community here and trying to kind of get my feet under me and decide what the next step was for my career. I had this next step in my personal life, but not necessarily what was I going to do with dance. So that was a big question for me at that time. And, was um, that, and my friend actually were yeah.
0: you were you ever thinking at that time about giving up on dance or was like, was it was it a pivotal moment of like deciding? You know, if I'm going to stay in dance or was it just simply a matter of like, no, I know dance is what I'm supposed to do. This is just simply about what is the next dance move, pun intended.
2: Yeah, no, totally. <laughs> um, I think, honestly, I went back and forth between both. You know, I love to dance. It's in my blood and it's, it's something that I have a hard time getting away from even after a couple of weeks. I just I love it and I, I love being in the studio. Um, but at the same time, Jeremy was um, preparing to be a pastor and I was like, I don't know, like, can a pastor's wife be a ballerina? That seems kind of like, kind of <laughs> strange, you know, I'm like, can that, can that mesh? And I love it. so I was in a, mis- yeah, I'm trying to figure out like, does this, is this all going to work? And if it is, then how? And yeah, all of those questions. Absolutely. Um, but I had a good friend that actually moved to Chicago at the same time. Um, her name is Amy Sanderson, and she and I ended up co-founding Ballet Friday together later on. And so she oh, and nice. I were working in the dance industry, yeah, getting to know people in town, um, teaching, choreographing. Amy worked um, at the Joffrey Ballet in their administrative department. So at that time, we didn't really realize God was preparing us for the work we're doing now we just thought we were finding ways to stay involved in dance and to continue um, to, yeah, just reach out for new opportunities in the dance industry. Um, But over the course of several years in Chicago, we started to just notice that there wasn't anybody kind of speaking um, from a Christian worldview in the dance marketplace. There was a lot of beautiful companies, beautiful dancers, um, but for us, we were going, okay, there's really not anybody that, doing a Christian perspective in their art um, in this part of the country.
0: I love that because, like, when you think about the fact that, like, just business generally, right, like, sometimes we feel like we should, we're trying to fit in with something that already is happening, but it's like a, a, a very small general rule of business that I think we forget about sometimes, which is like, you need to solve a problem. So it's like, first, there has to be a need for something or a gap. Uh, So I like that you guys kind of looked and figured out like, all right, like there's there's nothing happening right now that speaks this from our language or our perspective. And like you said, there's no knock against anyone like, you know, beautiful dancers, beautiful companies. But there's something special about kind of bringing it together um, in this way. So I think that's amazing. And I cut you off. So hopefully you remember what you were saying.
2: So you're good. And yeah, that's exactly it. It was just kind of a a niche that we saw that we were like, hey, this is something we love, we're passionate about, um, and and we can fill this need. And so we kind of second guess ourselves a lot in the beginning. And I think anybody who starts an organization or a movement or a mission, whatever it is, you always have that little seed of self-doubt. So I do want to put that out there that it wasn't like, you know, it struck us and we just followed God's call and it was perfect. You know, it was very up and down. One week we'd be like, yeah, we're going to do this. And then the next week we'd get overwhelmed with the logistics of it all. And, you know, how are we going to fund it? And how are we going to find a building space? And, you know, there's just so many logistics Uh, that I think that walk of faith is, is more difficult sometimes than what, what TV or or books would lead you to believe.
0: You know what? And let me ask you this. So I want to unpack a couple of things about the start of ballet five, eight, like, first of all, where does the name come from from? I love the name by the way, um, when I saw it that, so again, like I, I think I came across your page, actually. I think that was it. You have a scripture in your bio, John four, seven to 10. I want to ask you about that, but it was like, okay, the scripture kind of stuck out. And when I come across artistic things, so like, I love like faith and art together like specifically together. I love those things together. So when I come across things and I love when it's presented in a way that is just like so true to both. And I think it like, there's definitely an art to it. Like you can do it in a way where it's like, if I was just looking at this from a ballet perspective and I don't even know ballet, but y'all definitely look like y'all are like serious, like gray, a ballet, like seriously. But from a faith perspective, present it, with quality in that manner as well. So let's start with like the name. Where did the name come from?
2: Yeah, yeah. So the name we thought of actually on a Starbucks on the corner of Dearborn and Division. Um, We were sitting (laughs) there, Amy and I, one day just like dreaming and, you know, writing notes and thinking and trying to kind of put structure around the dream and the vision that God had given us. Um, And we were sitting there and we're like, okay, we need a good name. And, like, we don't want it to be overly Christianese. You know, we didn't want to become, like, Redemption Ballet or something like that. It was like, that's (laughs) not right. Yeah. We wanted, you you know, something where we could be in the marketplace, right? And we could be around um, people of every background and where they could feel comfortable around us and they wouldn't be immediately, you know, feeling like we were proselytizing them. So I think that was an important part right. But then also we wanted to be true to who we are and clear. And like Paul says in Romans, we didn't want to be ashamed of the gospel because we're not, you know, it is the power of God for salvation. And so we wanted a name that could, could do both. And so that's where um, the reference came in. And Romans 5, 8 is one of my favorite Bible verses, the whole book of Romans. You know, it's something I go back to constantly. I'm, I'm actually reading it right now. But um, Romans 5, 8 says, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that was what we wanted to capture in our ballet company. We wanted to create a company that would reach out, right? We're not here trying to get people to come to us. We're reaching out towards them, just like God reached out towards us with that love and with that generosity and with that care. And that's what we wanted to use to characterize the whole organization. And so um, I love that we were able to kind of put that together in a way that would also be Um, just available and accessible to people who are not Christians so that they they can be curious about the name and look up the verse and kind of feel it for themselves instead of um, kind of seeing the name and and recoiling a little bit. So I'm grateful that that that's what we went with.
0: You know what, like, first of all, just super amazing. I love the dynamic of you guys picturing y'all in a Starbucks on Dearborn. That's in Chicago, right? Is that like downtown? That street? Okay. Yeah, I, I know that. I go to I go to Chicago a lot. That's like me and my wife's quick getaway whenever we need like just like we don't want to necessarily take a huge trip and just a 5-hour drive then we go to Chicago. So, I know some of the street names. Um but no, I love the whole visual like of like creating it. And and here's something too. Like you said something super important and I feel like I say this every week on on this show and people are probably tired of hearing me say it, but the first five words of the Bible says, "In the beginning, God created" And I think a lot of times as Christian creators, we can take the easy way out, whether that be in how we title things or whether that be in how we present things. And like, um, I'm also a Christian rapper. Um, I've been Christian rapping for a while and it's more of kind of a hobby at this point in my life, but I still put out, you know, projects all the time. And one of the things in like my music, people typically ask me like, how do you so effortlessly do it in a way where it's not super worldly? but it's not churchy. And I'm like, well, it's just like, I'm a creator. God gifted me to create. So I don't just take the easy way out and make something super churchy. And then like, like you said, like, and not to like take an, I hope it's not like somebody listening and they have like redemption dance group. We're going to be in trouble. But my point is like, (laughs) you know, sometimes that's the easy way out. Like there's a million redemption dance groups or whatever. And as creators, you don't have to. You don't have to feel bad for having to think and brainstorm and create. It's not just your first idea. And then I want to follow that up with a question. Right. Why do you think so many people and, and like let me lead with this? Like, you know, the the slogan of this show, if you will, is, you know, our whole purpose is balancing faith in business to guide you to your purpose. So I'm all about balancing faith in business. And part of the reason I have this show is I think a lot of people struggle with that balance they struggle to figure out how to be both um why do you feel like that is and is there something in particular about your life or your journey that has caused you to be able to do that in an effortless way because to me ballet 5-8 is like super dope on both sides like I could see a Christian loving it and it's speaking directly and if you're in a ballet it speaks directly is there like a secret sauce or like what is it how can we help someone balance that better?
2: Yeah. Oh my goodness. That's like one of my favorite things to to think about because mm-hmm. I think you don't see a whole lot of people doing that. Um, and I think more so maybe now than 10 years ago when we started ballet at Five eight. but I remember starting out and just being like exactly that question. How do we do both? And can you do both? Like, yeah. is it even possible? Because there, there was a part of me that felt like, okay, if we're going to be good at ballet, you know, then we're going to be super intense. And like my ballet teachers were not kind people, you know, they yeah. were not nurturing. They did not care about you as a human being necessarily. And so, you know, I think that's true in business as well. Sometimes it's very cutthroat yes. and there's, you know, ethics that are not godly. So we felt that tension and and we didn't want to be just kind of completely churchy and Christianese and just speaking to that. I don't think that's bad, but that wasn't the calling. You know, we had a yeah. more of a broad marketplace sort of a calling. Um, so I think two things. One, I think excellence is key and you have to Make a name for yourself independently of your Christianity, if that makes sense. Your product itself has to be good apart from the Christian message. And I think that's really key. You can't rely on on cliches and you can't rely on what's been done. And you certainly shouldn't be taking stuff from mainstream culture. I think music is a good example. You know, it can be easy to take pop music from pop culture and then just kind of put a Christian spin on it, but it's kind of the same beat and the same chords. And then you repackage it. Yeah. And it's super corny. Exactly. Um, So I think you have to stay away from that and truly invest yourself in being great at your craft, whatever that is. And then I think second to that is you have to always balance profit with people. And I think that is a huge, important step. You cannot Think like the world thinks where it's just about the bottom line and it's about making progress and, you know, making money like that cannot be your top priority because as children of God, we do see that the kingdom of God is more than that, right? It's bigger than that. It's more beautiful than that. And so that has to be in everything. It has to be how you value your staff. It has to be in how you give your your staff reviews. It's how you um, look at your strategic planning. You look at people for their value as human beings and not as workhorses to make a product. Um and that's not easy. It's not easy to hold those two things together because at times those priorities they do fight each other, but I believe that through through listening to God's word and through wise counsel and through really um being connected and abiding in Christ that there is a way to walk that narrow path.
0: That is an amazing answer. Like I love that. I love everything you said to the point I'm not even going to add a lot to it, but I, what I want everyone to know is like so important you said it is like be good. Like literally be good at what you do. Like me being a yep. Christian does not make me a good businessman. I cannot like carry that. Like you can go to heaven and be horrible at business. I can, I'm not a good singer just cause I'm a Christian. And so we got to stop, right. you know, we got to like maybe stop telling ourselves like being a little, maybe self-righteous in that way and thinking that, Oh, just cause I'm Christian and I call it redemption dance, that is going to make it The most amazing thing ever. There is nothing wrong with actually being good at something, but balancing people like my core values are people, preparation, performance in that order. And that's how I kind of manage it is I always lead with people, whether I'm in my corporate job, whether it's the podcast, my music. If I lead with people and actually caring about it, but then prepare for whatever I'm doing, I'll be able to perform. So that's kind of the way I do it. Um, So a couple more things. Yeah. I think I got like five minutes of your time and there's a couple more questions I want to ask Um, just to be in respect of your uh, schedule and your calendar. So a couple things we can maybe try to breeze through first. I love like in the ballet at ballet five, eight on Instagram, by the way, and I'll make sure these things are all in the description of the show we have. um, I don't know if you want your personal Instagram in there or not. You could tell me that, but I'll put at ballet five, eight. And um, also, if there's a website, I'll include that. But in the bio of Ballet 5 on Instagram, it says conversations of li- or conversation of life and faith. Where did that come from? I love that, by the way. Like that spoke to me like immediately. Conversation of life and faith.
2: Yeah. So I think the biggest thing for me as an artist is that I want to create art that allows people to dialogue. So I guess um, it's not my goal, even as a Christian, to just lay out answers for people. It is my goal to get them to ask good questions. And so I see art as a catalyst for that. Um, It's something that allows people to kind of sit in the theater and watch the ballet and then go, wait, okay, why did she make this choice? Why did she represent this in this certain way? You know, why are the dancers doing this and that and the other thing? Um, And when you get people to think for themselves and ask those questions, I believe that the conclusions they're coming to about God and about faith are much more powerful because it's coming from their own desire to seek it out rather than me just kind of telling what to think or, or even telling them what I think. So I think that's the main thrust of how we create art. And, and I agree. It's something that just gets me excited to go to work every day because I know that when we're creating discussions of life and faith, um, we're not just putting an opinion out there, but we're really inviting people into this dialogue um, that I think is so important.
0: You know what? And what else about that is you actually allow the gift to do his job. So like when I travel and do music, and it took a while maybe for me because I have started doing music when I was fairly young. And, you know, the more mature I became as a Christian, the less I felt the need to, like, preach when I go out and rap. Like, I take speaking engagements. So there are times when people bring me out and it's specifically to present the word of God and a message. And those are the times when I preach. If you book me to do music, I can go straight through the set for 30 minutes or an hour. And literally never stop and preach to you, quote unquote. And the reason that is, is because the music is created. The way I create a set is in a way that it will speak that. And that's what I believe you're saying. That's at least how it resonates with me. Is Absolutely. like If you yep. actually put the time into choreographing the perfect dance or not the perfect, but you know what I mean, like the right dance yep. is going to express that on its own. So a couple more things. I want to say this quote. Um, And then I'm going to ask you one more question in respect of your time. So this is a quote that was on your Instagram recently. Um, It had Jordan Rainer on there. It looks like you might have been on another another podcast. And I don't know if this was you or him, but I just want to say this. Christians should be the boldest culture creators on the planet, knowing that in success or failure, we are still sons and daughters of God. Was that you or Jordan?
2: That is Jordan, but yes, I was on his podcast a few months ago, and he is brilliant and really on this same page. So I'm glad you brought that up, because I think that quote for me has been just very inspirational and formational, especially during COVID, honestly, when it would be easy to to hang up the shoes and wait for everything to calm down. Um, that yeah. has really been something that I've been thinking about.
0: No, I love it. So last thing, um, I'm going to, I want to know, uh, for, I want you to talk just briefly about like the importance because you have John four, seven and 10 in your bio on Instagram. So if you can tell me what, why that story is important to you enough to be there. And then if you could just maybe have the last word and tell people maybe where to find you or anything else you want the listeners to know. So I can get you out of here because I think I'm like a minute over time and I want to respect your time so bad. So um, if you can give us those couple things, I'll let you go.
2: Absolutely. No problem at all. Um, yeah. So it's actually First John 4, 7 to 10. Oh, gotcha. And so for me, that verse, yeah, and I'll just read it because I pulled it up. It says, uh, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this, the love of God is made clear through us that God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. In this love, not that we have loved God, but that he has loved us and sent his son into the world as a sacrifice for sin. Um, I think for me, I put that on Instagram because I want people to know God first and foremost as the God of love. And there certainly are many sides to God and there's truth and there's all kinds of other beautiful parts of who he is. But I think when you look into the scriptures and Jesus specifically, you look at his ministry, what you see him lead with is love. Um, And he certainly has his moments to bring hard truth and other things to the surface, but you consistently see him reaching out to the needy and sitting with the marginalized and oppressed and loving the people around him. So I think for me as an artist, that's what my work always comes back to am I loving people? Well, and that's true about not only what I put on stage, but how I create it in the studio. Am I loving people? Well, Um, And I I never live up to that perfectly as none of us Mm -hmm. do. But it inspires me. And it's an important part of the process of creation and also in the product that we create.
0: I love it, Juliana. That was amazing. Um, This conversation was amazing. Is there anywhere online where people can Uh, find Ballet58 outside of the Instagram page at Ballet58. Is there a website or anything you want us to go to and check out some of these amazing dances? I have been on your Instagram page. And again, I know nothing about ballet, but I know good art when I see it. And you guys definitely look like y'all are doing some real cool things.
2: Well, thank you. That's really kind. Yeah, our website is Ballet58.org. We actually have a couple of online shows coming up. Um, So that's kind of cool. Even if you live, you know, in Michigan or wherever else and you're not close enough to see us live, we're doing a couple of shows this fall that you can access online. So I would just put that out there. If you're curious about what we do, we'd love to share it with you.
0: I would definitely put that in the description of the show. So check out the links in the description of the show for everyone who's watching it. And show some love to Ballet 5-8. Thank you so much, Juliana, for taking time to join the show. Um, Keep in touch. Much love. God bless everything that you guys are doing over there.
2: Thank you so much, Jermaine. It was a pleasure, and I look forward to talking to you again sometime.
0: All right, same here. Have a good one. All right. Guys, people, thank me you too. so much for well, bye listening bye. to today's show. If you enjoy what you heard, subscribe at Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That way you can hear the show every single week. Also, you can find us at InspireGuysPeople.com. Hit the drop-down box and select Podcast. Yo, email me, JermaineWilsonMusic at gmail.com. Tell me what you think about the show. What type of topics and interviews do you want to hear next? And always remember, if you don't like me, just act like you like me. If you're looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire guys, people when I'm in my own world. Look in the sky. There ain't no stars in it. The art is all natural and authentic. Rivers of love swimming for us. We can't drown if we fall in it. If you looking for me, I'll be in my own world. Create for the creator when I'm in my own world. I serve below the surface. It's layers to my purpose. Inspire God's people when I'm in my own world.